0: welcome welcome everybody to willow park church online we're glad that you've joined us this morning we invite you to join with us as we worship we're going to sing some songs and during our time of worship we will also be taking communion i'd like to start with uh the word from psalm 103 praise the lord oh my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name praise the lord soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the Eagles the Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness is with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul, with all my inmost being, I praise his holy name.
1: Whatever may pass, and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name.
0: for all you do and for all you have done as we come to a time where we're going to remember your sacrifice and take communion we just want to thank you for being present in our lives every minute of every day thank you for this church and for all these people gathered here in your name wherever they are we are together because of you so as we think about communion first we like to bring everything to God to uh, take some time to reflect inwardly bring to him those anxieties fears the sins the stuff that we've collected during the day during the week during the month and give it to Jesus because it doesn't belong to us anymore he took it it's his so take a minute and just Go inside yourself with Jesus and hand that stuff over to him now. Do it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for taking that. Thank you for taking my fear. Thank you, Lord. Communion, we we think about three things. One is the passion of Christ, the, the suffering he went through, the punishment he took on our behalf, whipped, beaten, nailed to a cross to die a most excruciating death, to be mocked and humiliated. The Lord of all, the creator of the universe there, mocked and ridiculed. And that wasn't the half of it, to take the full brunt, the full weight of the sin of mankind since the beginning of time to the end of time and be, have it poured into him that crushing weight and then and then to have the father's face turn away my lord, my lord my god why have you forsaken me we remember that what Christ went through the price that was paid for us and we also remember the second thing what was achieved through that our life, our hope, our joy, our peace, our love, the ability to go straight to God, direct access to Him through what Jesus did. That was the prize. He paid the price and we get the prize, free grace. So we remember that when we take communion. And thirdly, communion, community. We acknowledge that Jesus built the church his life, his death, his resurrection, and who he is, and then his dispensation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to all of us, that joins us together as this amazing family, billions of people, today, 2,000 years later, the church, united, standing together. That's communion, and that's why we take it together. The passion, the price, the prize, and then the people of God. On the night before he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, and after he gave thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take it and eat, and whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. then he took the cup, the cup of wine, and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it, and whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Thank you, Lord. Your mercies are new every day. There's always new things to discover about you. When we think about what you went through to accomplish this amazing thing, it almost defies, it does defy imagination, that you would give yourself your life for be a sinner. Grace so amazing. You came to lift the chains off the prisoners to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. We acknowledge that.
1: Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Let's a wretch like me. You. Mm-hmm.
0: you enjoy the rest of the service and the rest of the day god bless
2: hello willow park church my name is courtney whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings welcome and here's your family news We are super excited to announce that we are planning two Ark Day Camps for our youth at the end of August. They will be happening at Maple Springs Bible Camp. For more information and to register, visit cahoots.ca. A huge welcome to all of you who are joining us this weekend at one of our dwell gatherings. Just a reminder that you will need to pre-register before each weekend. Registration opens on Tuesday at 9 a.m. and closes on Saturday at 12 p.m. You can register on our website or using our free Church Center app. If you don't already have the app, be sure to download it today, as it will also be the way we share message notes and worship song lyrics when you are at our dwell gatherings. Get the app today at willowparkchurch.com slash app. Our next Kids Camp Online is happening August 17th to 21st. And registration is open now at WillowParkChurch.com/kidscamp. Spaces are filling up, so be sure to sign up soon. That's all for your family news. Thanks, and enjoy your service.
3: For uh, joining us here at church and online. And we were just worshiping as a community together and I know that you've been watching the worship online and uh, we want to welcome you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your lovely presence that is with us here and also at home. And Father, we pray that you will come and minister and come and speak to us clearly by the power and the work of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, we ask. Father, thank you. For your goodness, thank you, Lord, for your grace. And Father, we pray that as we explore Psalm 23 and all its implications for our lives, we pray that old truths that we've forgotten will come alive within each one of us. I ask in Jesus' name, Father. I pray that every um, every person here and online, and in different venues. Lord God, that they will just know your peace and your presence and your anointing at work, Lord, I ask in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you. Look, I, I'm preaching here this morning at 11am and I have a, li- a live crowd. Let's uh, let's uh... another <clears throat> not a big crowd, uh, probably one tenth of what we usually have uh, at, uh, uh, in the morning, if not um, one fifteenth. But you're here, and uh, happy long weekend. It's a glorious day, isn't it? Lovely out there, and you are the holiest people in Kelowna because you are in church. But you may be the wisest people in Kelowna, right? Because we've got awesome air conditioning. Um, So I'm really glad you've joined us Um, and I see some people here that I haven't seen for a while except on Zoos, it's good to see you all, each one, it's nice, Alden is here, Pastor Alden, uh, who um, had a uh, triple heart bypass and I never expected him to see him at church but here he is, so uh, if I keel over he can preach. Um, So I'm really glad to see you Alden, we've prayed for you a lot and um, so good to see you. Uh, just to remind you, ways you can give online, in person, <laughs> that's you, uh, in person, that means you, we're not uh, passing any ba- bags, uh, you have to walk out the door and there's a, I don't know, a jug, a vessel, some item that you can pop it in and, uh, and as you leave. So we will not be uh, doing that in person or at the church or automated, which uh, we're so thankful for the um, support. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been to a lot of funerals. When I was living in England, I used to live behind St. Mary's Church. St. Mary's Church was built in 1100 A.D., It actually has a graveyard, a grave at the back of it that was built in the plague and uh, buried there. And there are 1,000 bodies in that grave at the back of the church. So where my bedroom was, I overlooked the spire, which has always uh, been there. St. Mary's Church was there and it it grew in influence. And it had the most, as for a child, the most exciting graveyard you could ever imagine. I, I used to go in there and play, and I used to look at the gravestones, and they used to be from 1752, you know, 1640, and, and every gravestone, and then the recent, you know, Michelle's um, uh, great-grandfather was buried in that uh, graveyard, and, and so family members, uh, friends that we knew from who were killed in the Gulf War, uh, went to school with, are buried in that graveyard. And you have the wealthy tombstones, and they're massive, with angels and so on, and amongst the oak trees. And then you have the little, little uh, tombstones. But as you walk through, the one thing that you can know is this. And I was thinking about this this last past week, when I conducted a funeral at the Kelowna Memorial uh, Cemetery, which is a beautiful cemetery as well. You know, it kind of goes effortlessly from the golf course into the... into the. Have you noticed that? It's just it's lovely. And apparently, you know, it's a bit odd when you find the old golfer on the other side, but maybe his, his game's that bad. And... And then you get cheeky little deers, and it's, it is a, it is a stunning, um, stunning graveyard. But the one thing I know walking through a thousand-year-old grave site or Kelowna, as I lifted up my voice, the one thing that I would read again and again is Psalm 23. Because Psalm 23 has become the funeral psalm. We always do it at funerals. In fact, if you walk through the graveyard and look at the the carved wording on the tombstones from 1640, 1760, you will see again and again the verse, the Lord is my shepherd. But I want to challenge you as we begin this series into the psalm and over the next few weeks, that the psalm is not just for death. The psalm is for your life and living correctly. And this is the powerful thing that what has become so familiar, we have lost the reality of its power and its strength and its truth, not just in our funeral services, not just carved on tombstones, but actually for life and the difference it can make to our spiritual life and growth. You see, you live Psalm 23 so that at the end of the psalm, when I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, you've lived it and then you're you're promoted to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so what the psalm encapsulates is this word. Contentment. It's about... The power and the belief that as Christians, we can live in a position of contentment. It is the power of contentment. Within our society, people are looking for contentment all the time. They're looking for contentment in the feeling of, of okay, where the amount of, of Facebook likes they like. Or on Instagram, the amount of, of likes. These are things that you may, some of you may never do. But people, they check and they look and they see. How many people like me? How many I feel content? I've got, I've got this, this service got 1,000 views about our opening and preparation within 12 hours. That's pretty good. Other people look for contentment in, in what they possess, in what they own. Other people look for contentment in their position and their power and their strength. Other people are searching for contentment in all the wrong places. Within uh, a substance abuse or within a relationship or wherever they're looking, humanity is always looking for contentment and yet Psalm 23 makes it clear that true contentment only comes through a relationship with the living God. It is the contentment of the inner landscape that makes the difference for our lives. It is the contentment of who we are within us and not what we possess out of us that actually makes the difference to who we are as human beings within our walk and within our relationship with God. And Psalm 23 is so known to us, but we have lost its power and we've lost its reality and we've lost its strength because we've placed it as a sentimental poem that is read at events wherefore it is the greatest psalm if one could say of declaring that when you have Christ, when you have Yahweh, when you have God the Father, when you have El Shaddai in your life, God Almighty, there is contentment that surpasses anything that the world can offer it's powerful it's beautiful and of course to live it one has to make the right choices for your spiritual growth to live it one has to be able to build correct and deep practices into your life for spiritual growth habits Habits that produce a depth in a Christian's life that is so remarkable, that is so amazing, that those habits are deeply part of who you are so that you can know that those habits are real and as they're real within your walk and within your journey with God, you know that and it births a contentment. You see, many of you, all of you here this morning, I know this pretty much because you're here this morning and those of you watching online and in different venues, many of you, of course, believe utterly what Psalm 23 Says, But many of us have a problem with just saying we believe it to actually acting out and living it as if it was utterly and completely true. But what kind of life would you have if you believed Psalm 23 was utterly and completely true? The most profound, most beautiful life you would have. So let's start to understand it. And that is one reason why I think it'd be really good for some of you to memorize Psalm 23. I thought I had memorized it, but when I went to preach this, I realized that there were great gaps in it. I memorized the headlines, but then I've been working on it all week and, and now I've got it so I can pray it through. And, and, and to be able to memorise it actually makes a big difference to understand it because what we realise is, is that this psalm is for real life, for real people and for real situations now. This psalm is for your family, for your heart and for your life now. It's real. So all of the resources of God are available for you. All of the love of God is available for you. All of the love of God is available, the grace of God, the abundance of God the immenseness of God is available for you because what this psalm talks about is abundance upon abundance. As a believer, we have an inner abundance that comes through a connection with the shepherd. And when we have that connection with the shepherd, it makes all the difference to our lives. Hallelujah. So the Lord is my shepherd. Let's start there. Let me fly over this for you as a way of introduction to our series. There's 13 points I want to make from this. So if you're taking notes, you've got 13 points. I don't usually mention that because that sounds like medieval torture when a preacher says, I have 13 points. But I hope they're they're kind of blended points. But there are 13 points, and if you can write them down and work them out, you win a prize. You win a free mask as you leave for you. You like that? I got My mask matches my colours today. This is a new trend I'm starting in the mask. The Lord is my shepherd. What does this mean? Well, I grew up around lots of sheep. I love lamb, by the way. I buy my lamb from Enderby, where there are... Uh, actually, a few sheep farms run by uh, members connected with this church, actually, the a And so I, uh, I love my lamb. I've always loved lamb. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm, mince. Canadians aren't very good with lambs. You're kind of like, it's like a weird foreign meat to you. It's like uh, some of you are shaking your head as if you really know this. But, but I haven't met many Canadians that are really into lamb. You're more into elk um, and, and beaver meat and and, and stuff. So, so what I know is that instantly we say, the Lord is my shepherd. And we think, oh, isn't that lovely? God is my shepherd. A nice shepherd, you know, holding a crook, very pastoral, very caring. Of course he is that. But actually, in the ancient world, it was often a phrase that was used in Assyria, in Babylon, in Egypt. That's why the Egyptian pharaoh has a little crook and holds it there. Is because they would be called shepherd kings so the job of the ancient emperors was to rule and be the shepherd king he had absolute power he had absolute strength and as a shepherd king of Babylon or Assyria or or wherever of Egypt and then of course David was a shepherd king in scripture, is that he was there. So it's not so much just an image of somebody that has a flock of sheep. It's an image of a caring king shepherd who cares for your life and is interested in you. And when we say the Lord is my shepherd, what we're actually saying is I have bowed the knee, I've surrendered my life, I have said that I've taken off my crown, I've laid it before God, and as I've laid it before the shepherd, I've said my kingdom has gone and I live to serve your kingdom because you are my shepherd Shepherd, care for me. Shepherd, be Lord of me. Shepherd, be my king. Shepherd, be my ruler. I belong to the kingdom of the good shepherd. I belong to God the Father. I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I belong to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I belong to El Shaddai. I belong to the Almighty God. The Lord is my shepherd. The first thing we learn is that he cares for us and we surrender ourselves to a shepherd. The second thing it says of course is I will not want. Now I'm not saying that this is to do with a perfect life. I'm not saying it's to do I will not want means that I may not go hungry or I may not have problems or I may not have difficulties what it says is that even in the very depths of who I am as a human being I will not want because God has met me deep within my life that God is there because let's be honest all of us have been through sickness all of us have been through grief, all of us have been through profound disappointment, all of us have been through betrayal, all of us have faced difficult problems financially and, um, and difficulties in relationships and, and yet what it's saying is that as a human being I have absolute sense of well-being I do not want because I have received the greatest gift I can possibly have. And that greatest gift is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's there. So I won't want means that the, the, the psalmist is declaring that you, within your personal life, within your inner being, you have a profound sense of that your needs have been there. I will not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Number three. What kind of sheep lies down in green pastures? Have you ever met a sheep that lies down in green pastures? Well, there's only one kind of sheep that lies down because all the sheep I've ever met are always continually eating. Have you noticed that? And what kind of sheep in the middle of gorgeous green pastures, chooses to lie down in them instead of eat them. There's only one kind of sheep that lies down in green pastures and that is a sheep who has found fulfilment and is full up. What the psalmist is reminding you and I is that when you found Christ, You found fulfillment and you are full up and therefore you enjoy this place and that within your own life, you know that you can rest and have your Sabbath and know that God is with you because he makes me lie down in green pastures. In other words, he's so good to me and he's so filled me that I no need to feed because he has filled every part of my life. He leads me beside quiet waters. As Jesus met in John chapter 4, the woman at the well who had five husbands. So obviously she didn't find an answer with the five husbands. Although the intonation in the text meant that she was pretty broken, probably pretty used, pretty passed passed around. She was obviously at the well alone, which meant she was an outcast from the other women. She had nothing in her life. The only thing she had was a common law man that she was living with. And as Jesus had the word of knowledge, said, the man that you're even living with is not your husband. You have answered correctly. And then he looked at her and he said, you're drawing from this well. Yes, but really you're drawing from this well and you thirst again. You're drawing from the well of relationship and you'll thirst again. You're drawing from the well that you know that you're you're alone and lost in life and you will thirst again. But the water I give you, you will never thirst again. The world has abandoned you, lady. But I have come to fulfill you. And I have come. To give you springs of living water and I have come to give you that life and I have come to give you that strength and that is the power of the reality of Christ is that we may feel that he takes us to a place of quiet still waters he refreshes or as many of your versions say he restores my soul it all starts from here From the day we allow Christ to restore our soul, the day we allow Christ to come and to refresh our soul, the day we bow the knee before the cross and ask God to forgive us of our sins, the day that we say, Lord, my soul is broken, but you can mend my soul. You can mend my inner being. You can fill me. Lord, I feel soulless. I feel like I'm a lost soul. I feel as if I've got no purpose. But when the shepherd King's comes into your life, he restores your soul. And he guides me, point six, along right paths for his name, righteous paths. You see, you can only walk a righteous path Do things that are right, do things that are correct, do things that are good, when you've got a restored soul. You see, when you step into holiness, you first have to deal with wholeness. A man becomes holy when he becomes whole. Because when we allow the Lord to restore our soul, we become whole. So, for example, if somebody's got a problem with lust, they don't instantly become holy, as it were, but if the Lord restores their soul and they become whole, and they deal with the root of that, then holiness follows. If somebody's got a problem with anger, and they, the Lord restores their soul and they become whole, The anger disappears. If somebody has jealousy and the Lord makes you whole, holiness becomes easier. See, holiness really happens when we allow the Lord to make us whole in our lives, to heal our brokenness. To restore our broken souls to deal with our hurts to deal with our problems to deal with our difficulties that's how we become holy and walk on this this path of righteousness for his namesake that we are made righteous through the blood of christ we're made righteous through the work of god we're made righteous through the work of the cross and then of course he declares, point seven, even though I walk through the, va- through the darkest valley, I will, no- I will fear no evil. There are seven, eight, nine. What verse four says is this that when you know the reality of Jesus, fear will not rule your life, fear is broken. It's all about the power of fear. And so often many of us live in the what ifs or what could happen or what's going to take place. But you don't have to fear, it is saying. It is saying because God has given you all the resources within who you are because you are connected to him. That even though there may be darkness and valleys around, you do not fear because you have a quiet water within you. You have a restored soul within you. You have a God-given righteousness within you. And it enables you to look at fear in the face and say to fear, no, because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Then the Lord shepherd is declaring to us that we do not have to be controlled by the power of fear we can be controlled by the presence of the shepherd within our lives so i will fear no evil okay (laughs) how you're preaching it well phil at least i think i am preach it brother go for it but how come on the answers in the next point. For you are with me. Fear can only disappear when you have a revelation that the Lord is with you. And when the Lord is with you, the Lord, the fear disappears. When the Lord is with you, presence. See the Lord was with Moses in the wilderness in a burning bush and gave him courage to go to Pharaoh. The Lord was with, with, with Moses on top of the mountain and the Ten Commandments were given and there was thunder and lightning and gave him the presence to be able to lead the people of Israel. The Lord was with them when they were built the tabernacle And there the Lord was with them in a cloud and a fire and they were able to keep in the wilderness and keep going. The Lord was with them when suddenly um, the fire fell on Solomon's temple and the whole of the region saw the glory of the fire of God fall on the temple. The Lord was with them. When a baby was born of a virgin, Emmanuel, God with us, and suddenly God came amongst us. The Lord was with a group of frightened, insecure unknowledgeable men and women, 120 of them in an upper room and the room began to shake and the wind began to blow and the Lord gave them power and fear disappeared and the Lord will be with us on the day when the skies open and the new heavens and new earth comes and all fear will pass away. So I lose my fear only when I connect with the presence of God. And so eight, for you are with me. This is the greatest revelation any of us can have for whatever we face in life. You are with me. You are with me. You are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, the ancient symbols of a pharaoh, of an emperor, of a ruler, with a rod and with a staff, with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm. These were familiar terms in the ancient world amongst them. And the psalmist uses these terms to say something very simple in these words. Your rod and your staff, point nine, they comfort me. What does this mean? It means God will give you strength. His strength, his power, his, his might. He is awesome. He is the spiritual version of a great Hulk. He he's there with you. He's strong. He is standing with you. And so fear goes, the presence of God comes, and God's strength is manifest. You, 10, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is so good, this Christian living... It's so unique within our hearts, it's so remarkable that it feels like we're all at a party and it feels like we've got a gorgeous feast and it feels like we're at a banquet and our life is a banquet of in- internal joy because we is- it's so awesome, it's so good. I don't know about you, you may not feel like it this morning, but you and I, we're at a banquet together. A banquet of the soul because we've got contentment, because the shepherd is with us and because God is with us. It's so good that we don't even care about our enemies and we look at our enemies and we go, we love you anyway. Come on, eat of the food as well. Come on, enemy. You've been trying to kill me, but I've got some food for you. And this food is good. Enjoy it. Now, I used to think this meant, I don't know why I thought this, when I was young and you lay a table before my enemies it was like I lay a table and there's my enemies and I'm eating and I'm going ha, 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 ha. you're a sinner and I've got a table
1: yes
3: yes you're you're my enemy and I've got I've won I've won the lottery doesn't mean that it means it's so good to be part of the shepherd's family that you even forgive people who are your enemies and you say, you need to get on this gig. This is so amazing because I've got such security. I've got such contentment. I've got such peace. I've got such a strong God. Fear has disappeared. I feel like I'm at a banquet. And so I know you don't like me, but I want to bless you anyway. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Ah, yeah, he did say something about this. Love your enemies. But I can only love my enemy if I've got the contentment of the still waters of my soul. I can only love my enemy if God has restored my soul and made me whole. I can only love my head. He anoints my head with oil. It just gets better. This is just a, this is, like, this is like a weekend at Sparkling Hills in heaven. He anoints my head with oil. Now, I know you're from Saskatchewan, so you don't know where Sparkling Hills is. But maybe, you know, one day you'll go there and it is a, a marvellous health spa of international fame where you can go and have big baths. Anyway, I shouldn't um, talk too much about this, but they don't have curtains. It's a bit strange. Uh, but, But it's a gorgeous, gorgeous setting. It's actually saying is the food is awesome when you live this life and he anoints you with the power of his spirit of oil. It's like a beautiful hot shower. Life becomes like an internal jacuzzi. That's straight from the Greek. It's like, "Life is hard, the world is tough, but when I get into God, I'm anointed with oil and I've jumped into a bubbling jacuzzi. And my cup overfloweth." Notice it doesn't say, "And my cup." Is full Hmm. point twelve this is by the way so you're getting nearly there it says doesn't say my cup is half full it says it actually is overflowing it's a magic cup that keeps overflowing in other words it's goodness it doesn't stop God's goodness it overflows it keeps coming and therefore Surely, and this is why goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And this is why we have it as the funeral. And I will dwell. You like that word, dwell? I noticed this word, dwell. I wonder where we thought of this word. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell. I will be with you. I will guide you and you will live in this place forever. So, the challenge is this. This is the promise for eternity, but the promise of the psalm is that you and I can live in the reality. Is it possible that a Christian can live this way? Is it possible that a Christian can live in devastation with problems, with challenges, with uncertainty, with difficulty, and yet have this psalm experience within your soul? And the answer is yes. Otherwise, it's not true. You see, in Habakkuk, it talks about the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk my high heels. In other words, I will rise above it all. And I will walk on hills. Now if you know your Bibles, verse 16, 17 and 18 are really miserable verses. They go something like this. It's about the Assyrians. They have come and they burnt our cities. Our cities are smouldering. Everything's a mess. All our vineyards are destroyed. Everybody's been taken off. Everything is ruined. It's like the Blitz in 1940. It is like Dresden in Germany. The, the, the town has been destroyed, the, 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 ravaged by everybody. Everything looks awful. Okay? And then after him saying, everything is awful, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And He will make me walk my high heel. It's pretty clear that even though the cities may be devastated, there's an ability to live in such a way that brings deep contentment, that brings deep peace. There's a way in which you and I live a lay that we can live and this is eternal life that they might know you the only true God Jesus Christ whom you have sent you can only know the truths of the Psalms if you know him if you're connected to the vine I've been thinking a lot about the vine the thing with the vine is, the, v- the branches and the vine, the vine never asks itself, am I really connected to the branch? Does it? Of course you're connected. But I know lots of Christians that ask, am I really connected to God? Of course you're connected. It's just that you've not allowed the habits and the principles And the depth to grow within you. And where does it start? To live this life. Starts. It's not. Not rocket science. To live this kind of life. Starts. For as he thinks. In his heart. So he is. It's. Our brains, it's the way we think, it's what we focus on, it's what we frame our lives on, it's what we choose to meditate on, it's what we choose to think about. You have the ability and you have the responsibility to grow spiritually so that the Lord's truth is before your mind day and night. That your life can be transformed by meditating, by contemplating, by sitting, by memorising, by focusing on truth in your life rather than all the hideous, nonsense and repetitive, negative, destructive, heartbreaking thoughts that we can fill our lives with. So the journey of Psalm twenty three is a journey of saying, I'm going to think differently. I'm being transformed by the power of the cross. I'm being transformed by the power of the gospel. I think differently. And though, and I know this. And so. I do believe that Psalm 23 should be lived now so that when we get to heaven, as it were, we're familiar with everything that's promised. But life's not straightforward or perfect or wonderful all the time. But what you build in your mind, now by when I use the mind, think, brain, I'm using that to cover our soul and our spirit. We'll get into deeper theological issues, but generally speaking, the battle is won with the way that I think. And we have to think differently to be on the high hills when we look at the cities that are devastated. And maybe your life is tough. There is a land and a kingdom with the shepherd within our lives that can be fostered, where we can live by still waters, even though the whirlwind is all around. Let's pray. Maybe right now you know that you're in the middle of this kind of storm. And you know that you're battling. And Father, I pray for every person watching online, for every person here in these venues, that Lord, that each one of us will know the power of Psalm 23 in our lives. And we will know. God's power at work in our lives. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that fear will be broken. Lord Jesus, I ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for watching online, and we're grateful that you've joined Willow Park Church. Thank you.